to have sound with it. So this is what the the Y1 base in Nicaragua it's it's doing. For those of y'all who didn't know, um, I was born and raised in Nicaragua, Central America, up till I was probably 18, 19 years old. And so um, then I just traveled the world with youth for the mission and did missions, especially in the area of education. We went to uh, just underdeveloped countries and, and blessed people through education, but. The Wawan Base in Nicaragua, they have grasped this vision of Christian education and train the next generation to be world changers. And uh, they do that by founding and building a school for kids who don't have access to private school. This is kids from the barrio around the Wawan Base. So every year they bring these kids, they help them to learn about God, they disciple them. Uh, Tiffany is here. She's a missionary with you for the mission, and she's doing a training. But she spent how many years in Nicaragua? Eight years uh, serving at the Y1 base, and she taught some classes uh, at the little school that they have over there. Uh, Gage and Nicole, they spent two years in Nicaragua, six months. I thought it was longer than that. When they came back, they looked like they'd been going in a third world country for a long time, so that's why I got that picture in my head. Uh, but anyways, they serve God, and, and they uh, we actually have... Some other members in the church that are from Nicaragua, you probably don't, didn't even know. Osman over there, Juan, he's from Nicaragua. And that's like the first Nicaraguan I met in Tyler, so I was so excited. Like, he was my friend automatically. Didn't even have to ask. It just, you're my friend. 
Um, but anyways, so they, they take these kids in and they disciple them. And then at some point, you know, they were, when the kids got to a certain grade, they didn't offer that grade. So they gave scholarships to go to private schools to continue that Christian education. But over the years, the past two years, it's gotten tougher because there is a lot of political unrest going on in the country. There is people getting shot on the streets just for posts that they put on their Facebook. Or even if they wave a national flag, they get killed for that. They get uh, charged with terrorism and drugs distribution, which is crazy. 20 years prison, um, uh, what you call that, sentences. And so anyways, but the Y1 base is making a difference with, with, with these kids. Uh, some of those pictures, you shot kids from the age of like three, four and five years old up to like 18, 19, because then they go through DTS and they become missionaries. And it's, it's really amazing what God is doing through it. And so every year our church raises an offering to help with scholarships and food. A lot of these kids, they don't eat well at home. I don't know if you ever heard my testimony. I'm going to mention a little bit here, but, you know, there was times in my life that I only ate two meals a day, not by choice, but that's all we had. And so my fondest memory was my mom trying to make coffee last longer because she will burn corn um, seeds and then smash it with the coffee so it will grow and it will last us longer. So our coffee tasted terrible. That's why I never like coffee. Then I married Chrissy, and she's addicted to coffee, so I love coffee now. But it's good coffee. It's like real coffee without corn, so it's exciting every time. And we even got creamer, like vanilla something. I was like, what? I drink burnt corn. Um, anyways, so it's, it's amazing what God is doing through the Y1 base, and um, we want to be part of that. What we do is we offer like a full scholarship for one kid or we offer them like half scholarship or you, somebody can send a hand of the kid to school. The other one does a hand and we all together pitch in and we help in whatever way we can. For those watching online, you can get uh, on our website and donate directly to the Lord's house. And uh, also Vimo to Sister Amy. She can type it on, on the feed, please. Uh, Amy at Pretty something like that. Sister Amy will type it on the Facebook feed so y'all can look at it because I probably mess it up. So what we're going to do right now, we announced it last week, uh, just whatever you can do. It's not out of obligation, but it'll be great to be part of that because, I mean, some missionaries came to my little barrio and they saw me and they invited me to come and go to the children ministry. And I remember Jacob was like, come on, there's white girls over there. Go get you one. I was like, I'm down. Let's go. And so it was the wrong motivations, but it worked. I mean, I'm here today, and I'm going to be preaching to you, so get ready for that. I don't know what's... Anyways, so um, if the ushers will... Uh, where's my wife? Oh, yeah, drop it in the yellow buckets, and um, whatever you can do, it's really going to make a huge, huge difference. You might think, ah, well, I only have five bucks. Put them in. It'll help. Oh, I, I, I can't do it until next week. That's okay. Just bring it back next week and, and just do whatever you can. And be a blessing. Make a difference. Amen. All right. So um, we're going to pray and we're going to get ready for the word. Um, as you guys, um, like I told you, you can drop it in the bucket or you can go online. You can go back at the end of the service and find our readers over there and they'll do it. Uh, uh, Sister Tracy's got the little um, 
with square thing. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much because you are good. And you love us and you take care of us even when we don't deserve it. So we thank you, God, because you're a good God and you love us and you're going to speak to us today. So I want to be open for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was, since my son was born, um, you know, he like, he doesn't like the darkness. He doesn't like to be in his room. He doesn't like to just be left alone. So around 11 p.m., he comes running to our room, and he's like, hi, I'm just checking on you. And, I, and we say, we're okay. Go back to your room. And so, um, and Julianne, she started this thing that says, oh, I don't, I don't like my bed. I want mommy's bed. Uh, she slept on her room since she was six, five months years old. And she's an amazing sleeper, the opposite of my son. So, um, you know, so, uh, brother, he rents to a room, and then we take him back. And so the past years, I had to lay with him in his room. The past week, actually, I've been trying to lay with him for a little bit, having settled, and then I leave. And so, but he says, Daddy, I don't like the darkness. Can you put a, a, a nightlight on like Queen? And so I'm like, no. And Mommy, of course... She has these things about light. So she got him a nightlight. It's, oh, and genie bar, which is really annoying because when you're trying to sleep, light, it just keeps you awake. But they think that it makes them feel safe. So when we were little, we can, I can think of stances where I was scared to go in the dark. Because I remember one time we were playing this game with my friends. And we would tie our eyes and, um, with a bandana or whatever. And then we'll stick to, um, we'll grab a pole. And then we'll tie our hands to the pole. And there was a line of kids. And you'll just have to go without stopping. That was the game. And, <laughs> and one day, I ran into a butt wire fence. and scratched the crap out of me. I mean, I was bleeding. I have scars here. My son's like, what's that, daddy? I was like, oh, it's another nipple. No, um, but... Anyways, um, there's like scars here from that time. So I can't remember like vividly what happened to me in the dark. So we're like scared of the darkness. And, and a lot of times we're scared to go to bed because we have insomnia. We can't sleep. We can't stop thinking about stuff. We're stressed. And the time that is supposed to be a resting time, it becomes our dead. Because our bodies needs rest to recover, right? There's this, I think it's a toxin or a chemical in our body that gets released when we sleep. And it helps heal the cells in our body. So we need sleep. So some of y'all, you look really bad because you're not sleeping. Anyways, so um, so we're scared of this time of darkness. But I'll, let's translate this. In spiritual terms, okay? The times of darkness and quietness are worrisome to us. It's a place that we don't like. But, as I was writing this down yesterday, I just want to tell you that God wants you to know 
that the quiet, the stillness, and the darkness is part of the process. And we have to go through it, and it's okay. And you'll, it'll pass, and it'll heal, and you'll get to the other side, which is joy comes with the morning. So the book of Genesis ends up with the family. You know, Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, and all of them. And you can probably put all the names of that family in one book. But all of a sudden, it's fast forward to Exodus. And in Exodus, it starts that there is a multitude of people. Like thousands, hundreds of thousands of Israelites that were slaves in Egypt. So there is a gap period right there of about 400 years maximum. 280, somewhere in there. But biblically, there is no evidence of what happened in between. So there is this silence. There is this darkness. There is this gap in there. And you wonder, what was God doing? That historically, there are evidence of what happened in between. But a lot of people say, wait, how do we go from one family to like hundreds of thousands? How did that happen? Well, we all know how that happens. But the point is, a lot of people wonder, what was God doing? Was he sleeping during the night? What was he doing? So we start wondering, and, 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 and we think that when we go to bed, we have to worry about things. Because worrying about things is going to make the problem get solved the next day. That's not how it works. And then we wake up and like, oh man, still there. What happened? God, what were you doing? So, 400 years, that's almost twice the age of the United States. I think we've been a, a, a nation for like 400 and something, 4, 460 or something like that. So that's almost twice. So what was God doing? Let's look. Now, it's a gap quite substantial. There is no place in the, in the story that tells us that. So during this time period, there's a silence and it looks like God takes a step back. But why? So I think the silence has to do with his love. I remember when I got engaged to my wife, I left to Nicaragua for four months. We got engaged December 31st of 2015, and then I left. And I was teaching at the school in Nicaragua. And so I remember one night I called her and I said, hey, babe, go outside. She's like, why? It's hot. It's Texas. It's like, go outside. And she went outside. She was here. I was in Nicaragua. And I said, you see the stars? You see this? which is supposed to be a goat, I think. I don't know how the Greeks came up with the shapes of a goat. You don't look like a goat or, or something, a bear, I think. Uh, you, you guys know how they do the shapes of the stars and they become something? I can never make it work. They just look like little bulbs, the constellations. So I say, hey, go outside, babe. And she's like, what? Look at the stars. It's like, oh, okay. You see that? And I, she said, yeah. I was like, we're looking at the same sky. It was so romantic. She's like, oh... And then she went right back inside because it was hot in Texas. And so, but we were so far apart from each other, but I was still loving her. So the same way, when we feel that there's this silence and there's this gap with God, He's still loving you. He's still working in your behalf. He's doing things that you don't see. But we worry about it because it's not tangible to us. It's not evident because we're blinded by the worry. So, Psalms 121.4 said, Behold, he that keep Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. So you are mistaken if you think that God is sleeping on you. 
that he's just forgot about you because you're in darkness and there's this part of your life that stinks, that it, it's uncomfortable and you don't like it and it, it's just making you miserable. It's amazing to think that sometimes God just wants us to trust him on the dark because it's really easy to trust when you can see everything. You see where you're going. You see the path. But sometimes we got to trust God whenever we can't see what's coming next. So he likes to grow that part of faith in our lives. So we're scared and worried. We don't want to sleep and figure out everything while we lay awake. But God is telling you today, sleep, rest. Like for reals though. God, looking back, you need to sleep. So a lot of things, great things happen in the dark. Remember Jacob? He wrestled with the angel until the morning, until he got a new identity. This happened at night. Okay, remember the light when God created light? Everything was void and empty and dark. That happened in the dark. And he spoke the light into me, and it was amazing. And it was the sun and, and the moon, and light came about. This happened while it was dark. Now, the, the deliverance of Israel for the Passover, the Passover. It happened at night. They kept that little goat for a month. And then when he came down, they celebrated and they were delivered. Gideon's battle started during the middle of the night. It ended up in victory. Now, the cross of Jesus came while there was darkness. It was the middle of the day, but it was still dark. So what am I telling you this morning? Go dark? No, I'm not saying that. Okay, we worry about the darkness in our lives. The darkness comes and takes your rest away instead of doing what it's supposed to do, which is giving you rest. I remember worrying when I was little. I won't have food to eat. I won't have an underwear to wear. I won't have socks. I will never have a car. I will never have a wife. And I will never have a house. And I'll never have a future because we're so poor and we're so broke. And this country sucks. So I'm just gonna fail in life. And I wish I had the maturity to see what God was doing. But a lot of times we blind ourselves and we concentrate so much in the now and what's going on and that I have to worry that you forget to enjoy it and see what God is doing in your life. And we worry and we labor and, and we stress. And then we get sick. And then we die, all stressed. And with saggy eyes. No sleep. Because God wanted all the time just for us to rest in Him, to trust Him, even when it is dark. Psalms 84, 5. Though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil. This will give you hope. You should be shouting right now, but this is not a very popular message. There's not a lot of amens, either because of the time change or because we're talking about the darkness. So weird. Or a combination. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Psalms 84, 5. So I'm going to talk to you about three different darkness. The first one is the darkness of real life. The valley of tears. Ecclesiastes says there is time to cry and time to laugh. There are things that they're just part of life. What is this darkness? A darkness can be a broken relationship. A darkness can be a rebel son that doesn't want to follow God. A darkness can be a financial struggle. That can be your darkness. 
And a lot of times we don't know what to do with it. But the truth of the matter is, the Bible says that God will never put something on you that you're not able to overcome. Because He has overcome the world. So you're going to face all these things. But through it all, you got to trust Him. Because you say, hey, I got you. Chill. I tell the kids that. They say that anyways. And they taught it to me. And I use it all the time. And my wife is like, that's for Wednesday night. Don't say it on Sunday. But I like it. It's just like, Chill. Because you know when you go outside, there is a breeze and you just got that chill. I love it. It's heating up now. I'm not liking it much. Because my AC rained all night last night. It wasn't even that high. But my wife thinks that the perfect temperature for the house is 68. And praise the Lord. I agree with that. Well, that's me who thinks that. No, she gets cold all the time. I think that. I'm putting that on you. See, I'm just like subliminal. So, and the second one that we're going to talk about is the valley of death. When will I go there? When will I die? You're not going to go there. Jesus is going to take you there. When the Lord takes you, we have to have the faith of resurrection. There's a lot of things in our lives that die. We had a dream and he died. And he, part of us died with us. There was parts of our relationships with other people that died. And a part of us died with it. Have you ever had a friend and they betray you and it hurts so bad and you try to make it work, but it's just not happening because the hurt is too much. The pain is too real. You lay down in your bed at night and you're thinking about it and it hurts just the same. And it's sad because the relationship is ruined. But you have to have the faith of resurrection, not just faith. The faith of resurrection. Because God can bring things to life. You understand me? So we're going to go to Ezekiel 37. uh, Verse 1 and 2. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me by the spirit. So you're not going there. You're not going to die. You're not going to the valley of death. Jesus is taking you by the spirit. It's part of our walk. Do you understand that? By the Spirit of God, he took Ezekiel. And look at what happened. And set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. And he said, do you think they will live? God is asking you today. Do you think your marriage is going to live? Do you think your finances, you're going to make it? They look pretty dead right now. That red dot has been on your bank account for a long time. Do you think your, your, your son is going to make it to it? No, you don't know my son. He's terrible. You've got to be careful what your response is. Because you've got to believe in the power of resurrection, the faith of resurrection. Because a lot of times God is going to ask you. And, and a lot of times it seems like a dumb question, right? You fell... And you scratch your knee and somebody's like, did you fall? <laughs> yeah. No, I was just diving for funsies. But God will ask you, do you think these bones will live? And the prophet said, only you know, Lord. And that was so wise. That was so wise. But a lot of times we want to ask God, God, 
hey, man, why, why, why is it that these bones are so dead? Why didn't you take me to like a half-dead bone, you know, like a little bait on it? Why is this struggle, why is this struggle so hard? Why is it killing me? Why is it destroying me? And it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. We don't like to go through it. But you have to believe in the power of resurrection. Because he showed it himself through his body. He went down and then he came back. So instead, we got, he said, mm, it's going to get good. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. Let me hear you. Wake up. I'm ready. <laughs> and he said, prophesy over them. Woo! I just got goosebumps. <laughs> prophesy over them. We've been doing this thing since our kids were born, even before we come to the room and we've prophesied over them. We prophesy over them, and we speak life. We speak truth. Prophesy over your wife. Prophesy over your husband. Just stop telling them how terrible they are, even if they are. Tell them, like, on the weekends or something. But during the week, or, or just speak life. Speak the word of God. Say, you're going to be a great man. You're going to follow God. You're going to be a great leader. You're going to be a blessing to our kids. Woman, you got to... Talking so much. I don't know what other prophecies I can. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, y'all. I might get in trouble. So. So why is it that my wife and my husband don't believe in God? Why is it all, I don't have any money. And I work all the time. Prophesy over your finances. Prophesy over those dry bones. Don't talk to God about the mountain in front of you. Because a lot of times our prayers become these little party kind of thing. Oh, God, I feel so terrible. Oh, Jesus. Oh, why is my life so hard? And your pain is real. I'm not minimizing or downplaying it. But God, what did God say about the mustard seed? Did he say, pray to me about the mountain? Did he say, tell the mountain to move? A lot of times we're praying the wrong prayer. We're saying, God, please move the mountain. He told you to tell the mountain to move. Why are you not doing that? But it, it seems so huge. Because we don't see what kind of God we serve. Finally, we see the valley or the darkness of the anointing. You're like, what? That's dark? It could be. This has to do with your calling. If you don't have the anointing, you will refuse your calling at the first time that you have a struggle. 2 Samuel 5.17 says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all of their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he went into the stronghold. So when you're fighting the devil and you start making a difference, you got to have a struggle. If you're being a wonderful husband and a wonderful mom, the devil is going to attack your family. Because he knows that you're going to enter hell and rescue some souls. He knows that if you're serving God and you're following your calling, he's going to send some demons to try to take you down. So you want to know why you're struggling? It's because you're serving God and the devil doesn't want you to. It's very simple. And a lot of times we can concentrate on the struggle, on the problem, and all the things that we go through. And we forget that we got to press on. Keep going. Amen. So as soon as David got anointed, he says the Philistine went after him. Because the devil knows. You know, a lot of times you, we see Pastor Samuel, Pastor Marcelo, see me, 
and all these people that they serve God and you're like, yeah, they're superheroes of the faith. Yeah, they got it all together. But no, we're humans like, yo, we struggle. We have issues. We judge. We're selfish sometimes. Sometimes our life sucks at times. Not a lot, but sometimes. You understand me? We are just humans like you. But we are anointed. And you got to understand, everybody, listen to me. Say it with me. Everybody in this room has a calling. And even those online, it's weird to talk to the camera. It's like Jim from the office. Um, you have a calling. You have a calling. There's no way around it. But you have to be careful, though. Because if you don't rely on that anointing, if you don't follow and, and work through these valleys, the first opposition you get, I remember a missionary, they, they, they were called to Rwanda. You know, they had the genocide and all that. And they went over there, and, and, and they had to squat to go in the toilet. And it was wooden because she didn't want to touch it. And she's like, God, I really don't think that you call me to this. I really like my wife throwing back in the States. So that little thing redefined her calling. And a lot of times we missed out, y'all. And the devil knows that he's up to distract us and get you so caught up inside of you and your feelings and your emotions. But though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil for thine is with me. That's so beautiful. To know that he's with you. And dead is a terrible thing. We all have somebody that we love that they passed away. And it's like they took a part of our hearts. You know, my father, he's been dead for 25 years now. And it's still sometimes he, he kind of, oh, it gets me. I miss him. I wish he'll meet my kids because he'll think that they're just amazing. He'll be a great grandfather, but he's, he's not here. But that's something that I have to deal with. And one day we'll meet him in heaven. And we'll all have a party and we'll have Gallo Pinto and it's going to be awesome. If you don't know what that is, it's just rice and beans mixed together. It's our way to do it. When you get anointed, you get assigned more demons against you. Satan has been using the same strategies for ages to destroy you, to get you. Remember, Moses was going to be born. So he said, kill all the firstborns. Then Jesus was going to come. Kill all the boys. Now he's calling daddies to step up. Prophesy over your kids. Abort all the babies. Same strategy. And we're okay with it. And we roll with it. Our societies make it legal. And somehow that's morally right. But we got to step it up as the church of God. God will never leave you or forsake you in any of these valleys. If we don't receive attacks, we're not representing the danger to the kingdom of darkness. If your life is so perfect and so beautiful and blue or whatever your favorite color is, then you're doing something wrong. You're like, what? Yeah. Because when there is struggle, there's growth. When there's attack, there's a defense that comes over you. And you feel that closeness to the Holy Spirit. So if your life is just rolling all good and all, you know, 
nice and speedy, you're doing something wrong. You need the struggle. You need the growth. Don't get stuck. Come on now. We got to grow as the church of God. We got to believe that God is working in us. And I'm not saying go mess up your life. If he's working out, if you're following Christ, that's great. But there are areas of our life that we can always grow. You understand me? Because there are things that we see on the outside, but right here and right here, only God knows. And believe me, the struggle is real. So many happy faces, but they struggle with depression, with sadness, with they're in silence, with they're in dark, and they can't rest. But God is telling you today, victory is coming in your darkness. Amen? So, 1 Kings 20, 23, get this. This is going to get good. Everybody say, it's going to get good. Only Brother Dale I heard. Wow. You guys. That's sad. There's people half his age here. And you just sat there. Shame on you. Everybody say, it's going to get good. That's better. First King 20, 23. And the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their God are gods of the hills. And so they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain. And surely we shall be stronger than them. A lot of us, we have this mentality that we're, while we're here, our God is with us. He's with us on Sundays. He's with us when we go to a retreat. He's with us when we do this Christian thing. But the rest of the day, he's not with us. You know, a lot of your darkness might be at work. Your co-workers suck and they're terrible. And they're making your life miserable. And you just want to quit your job. Maybe your home life is a disaster. And every time you get there, it's just this sadness overwhelming you. But I'm telling you, God is with you. Not only in the hill, but also in the valley. It's going to get good. That's not the end of it. First King 20, 28. The man of God came up and told the king of Israel, This is what the Lord says. Because the Arameans think the Lord is a God of the hills and not a God of the valleys. I will deliver this vast army into your hands and you will know that I am the Lord. Amen. So God is going to reach out to your valley, to your darkness and deliver you and give you a victory. But listen to me. You got to rest in him. Aren't you tired of staying awake at night thinking about what you could do? Because you tried that and it don't work. It doesn't heal you. It doesn't make things better. It just makes you grumpy the next day because you haven't had enough sleep. Did you ever just stay up all night and then your bank account all of a sudden had a bunch of money on it? No, some of you all might this weekend. But um, other than that... Do you understand that you just got to rest in the Lord and trust Him? Why don't you rejoice that your God, He's not just with you when everything is good, but He's there with you in the darkness. He will deliver you, He will heal you, and He will reach out to you to the deepest part of your heart that you need healing, restoration, because there is brokenness in us, and God wants to make you whole. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
that God has for your life. You were called to be a son, a daughter, a father, a mother, a servant. Do your calling. Get anointed. Get healed. So Jesus can use you for his glory. Because you can try to do it on your own, but you know how that's going for you. I tried it before, y'all. It didn't work. That we totally just rest. And even with it seems... Like there's no way to say, God, I trust you. So this morning, if you're here, and there's certain things in your heart that they're just full of darkness, but you want Jesus to reach out to your heart, to your life. And for some of y'all, you're pretty dark. And some of y'all, you just got like, you know, I guess there's no hint of darkness. It's either darkness or darkness. So you're in the same level here. We're all off. So let me pray for you. Come to the altar. Let's just pray. Talita, find some worship song to play. Um, we're just kind of get real in the altar and just, just pray. And I hate saying get real because that implies that you've been fake. But we all have. There's no real Christianity. There's just Christianity. There's no real salvation. There's just salvation. It's a relationship of surrender. But we just trust God. The God of the hill is the same God of the valley. And even though you think that you're lonely and you've been left hanging and you're just laying awake at night, not being able to rest, I'm telling you, this is part of the process. This is part of it. We're going to go through things in this world, but he has overcome the world. He's going to give us victory. We just got to trust him in the deepest part of our hearts. This is not permanent. Because let me tell you, you're going to die one day, and all this is going to be left here. But your victory might come before that moment. So maybe you're dead inside today. And you just feel like you just dry bones. There's no meat left in you. Because this situation, this person, these circumstances have taken everything of you. These laws have changed you so much. That you're just drowning. Maybe you're not in the desert, but the desert is in you. And you just try it. And you need to be revived. You need to be restored. Your family needs a miracle from God. Your marriage needs a miracle from God. Your spiritual life. Maybe you even have thoughts of committing suicide or ending your life and ending all this suffering. But God is telling you today that He's got you. He's got you. You're not a failure. Your calling is not over yet. You're not stuck. 
You're just, God is working in you. There's a period in history called the Dark Ages, about 500 years. The Roman Empire was taking over the world. The Greeks were taking over the world with their philosophy. And everybody thought that sucks, but God used that to bring Jesus. Because that united the world. So there are things that are happening right now that they don't make sense to you. But they don't have to. Because God is still God. And He's by your side. He's in front of you. He's behind you. He's beside you. He's on top of you. He's on the bottom of you. He's all over you. Watching over you. Protecting you. Healing you. Providing. All you have to do is trust. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we trust you. Say it this morning. We trust you, Jesus. Even in the dark, we trust you. Even in the valley, we trust you. Because there is victory in you. And no matter how, what our hearts is telling us, what our emotions is telling us, we trust you, God. Because you're a good God. And you love us. Father, we thank you, God, because there is victory in you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We choose today, God, to trust you and follow you even in the darkness. Thank you, Jesus, because you are with us. You are our refuge. You are our provider. You are our healer. Church of Christ, God is not the God of Sunday only. He's for you. When you go back tomorrow to your everyday things, He's still there. He's the same God. When you go to sleep today, I will lay in peace. And I will rest in peace because you, God, are with me. In peace I will lay. Just remember that. And that peace only comes from Him. That peace that surpasses all understanding. And then the next day when you wake up, His joy comes in the morning. His mercy is new every morning. So rejoice! Rejoice! Because God is with you. And He loves you. And He heals you. So Jesus, we thank you. Because you're a good God. And you are with us. Say, you are with us, God. You are with us, God. You are with us. You got to claim that. Like you believe it. Say, you are with us, God. You are with us, God. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. Continue to press on. Don't be scared of the dark. Because victory, even then, comes in the dark. Um, Gage.